Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. Rolling out from the Underdark. Welcome to the Dice and Pipes. I'm Brian. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good, good. You can find us on the Insta Chats and the Ugrams and the Reddit Dogs and all that other shit. Dice and Pipes uh, is where you'll find us. By and, you mean ampersand? Yes, you use an ampersand uh, in the in the imagery, but you're going to spell out and, uh, but not ampersand because nobody knows how to spell that word. No. It's like a number in it. Uh, yes. There's other symbols within the word for a symbol. It's like reading the Matrix. Lots of ones and zeros. Ooh, yes. What is uh, oh, what the fuck is the the weasel guy who sells them out? It's not Cyrus. What yeah, is, yeah, Cyrus. Yep. He's, what does he why, say? Why oh why didn't I take the blue pill? Yeah, yeah. All I see is blondes and brunettes. Yes. Oh. Yep. Uh, and then he kills Tank and Dozer. Yeah, with like one of the worst lines I think in in all of the Matrix. When when Tank. Was it Tank? Which was the brother that survives? I th- the was, smaller ones. Yeah, probably yeah. Tank. Yeah, he said, oh, I'm going to kill you, you son. I don't know. It's just some fucking horrible line. Yeah. Now, I'm glad I didn't use that joke. Good, good. You know what? I'm going to roll for that. Uh, that deserves a roll. Even though I didn't actually say the joke, what I should have done mm. as an adult was just keep it on the insides. You should have. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to self-police myself on this one. On Dyson Pipes, of course, when you fuck something up, uh, you have to roll. Uh, in the 5E universe, uh, if you get anything over a 10, you are saved from having to drink. This is a slippery slope because now we're going into rolling for like flubbed context. Well, there is um, precedence for this. Oh, really? Because I made you roll once because you forgot to promote the social media. Son of a... All right. That's true. That's true. All right. So, so it's there. Yeah. Precedent there. has been set. I don't like, uh, I don't like enacting this. Uh, I got a four, by the way. Oh, okay. Serves you right. I should, I, <laughs> I should drink for bringing up Tank's quote and then horribly I think misquoting if, if, it. I think a good rule of thumb is if we're going to self-police on things that don't have to do with mispronouncing words, yes. it has to be self-police. Maybe we can't. Like, I'm not going to call you out. Well, I'm going to roll. Okay. Because I didn't know the quote. How do I, I bring th- up a quote and then not even know the quote? <laughs> I think now we're just making excuses to drink. Yeah, I just want to drink. Six. Uh, Speaking of drinking... What are you drinking? Uh, I have uh, nothing in my glass right now, uh, but I'm about to fill it with... Mm. Let me defer to... Uh, well, uh, what, what did Clyde give you in your pipe? I'm going to ask Michael what to put in my glass. Uh, uh, good good choice. I'm uh, I'm smoking one that I've almost given up on, but I had to go back to the reviews. And you always have to trust good old Jim Minx when he gives something a four-star. So I had to go a second run at it. My uh, Savinelli Dablone de Oro. 
which for some reason, and again, we are, I think in the grand scheme of things, relatively new, right, in the uh, pipe smoking world. It's been a little over a year. It's been smoking a pipe. Thank you, Michael. Uh, <clears throat> what was that? You're um, new in the pipe smoking? Uh, sure. Yes. I think yeah. in the overall, when you take a look at it on, on, a, on a time, like it's not like we've been smoking pipes and, and tobacco and shit for like 30 years, and now right. we're bringing to you this, this podcast. Yeah. This is something that we're trying to grow with the people. Yeah, we're, we're at the apprentice level, I would ah, say. Ah, very good, very good. Um, the one thing that confuses me, this is probably the one tobacco that I get confused about because it's on tobacco reviews, they consider it a Virginia Perique. But I would think that this is more of a, a Virginia Burley because mm. it's got a lot of Burley in it. Um, it's actually the second component that they list on the uh, the description of the tobacco. But anyway, uh, Jim Inks gives it a four, so fuck it. If he gives it a four, it's got to be good, right? So I'm smoking Savinelli, Dablon Oro, and I'm smoking it in a pipe. This is actually the first pipe that I ever bought, and I think I've only smoked this thing like three times. The Savinelli? Yeah, yeah. This is my Savinelli, that little Trevi. This is a... Let me see if the light catches it. Mmm. I've been drinking too much. What does it say? I don't know what number this is. It's a fun pipe. I like it. I just... I don't know why I never smoke it. I think in my mind when I bought this pipe, I thought it... After I bought it and I started just fucking like a maniac just buying other pipes that this was going to be my special occasion pipe. Okay. But then I realized every occasion is a special occasion, That's right? That's true. So, and every pipe that you own, aside from the Bones pipes, could be used as a special occasion. That is true. So so that's what I'm smoking today. Yeah. What, what are you smoking? I have the Molto Dolce. Uh, I think after this, I'm going to step up. I think I'm going to crack the... Uh, I have to check and see if these guys think that uh, Awakened Elder would go well with... Uh, Michael gave me um, Chivas Regal by the way, Ooh. Uh, which goes well with the Molto Doce. And I got to see if they think that um, Awakened Elder would go nicely with the Chivas Regal because we do have in the in the uh, Dyson Pipes bar, there's quite a bit of Chivas Regal left. Yeah, we got it down that bottle. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see if Awakened Elder would go nicely with it. Hmm. Well, Michael was kind enough to give me. I'm done. I think I'm almost ready to retire. The Centauri whiskey, mm, mm-hmm. and I am now going to move on to a little monkey shoulder. Oh, yeah, a classic. It is. It is one um, of my favorites. I never had it until you gave it to me, and it's easily. I th- I think it's a it's an all day scotch. It is. It's an everyday scotch. Yes, an all day every day. It's a morning scotch. I think morning, noon, and night. Hell, you wake up at four in the morning to take a piss, grab yourself a glass. Yeah. Yeah. Replace all those fluids you're, you're yeah, yeah. pissing out. I'm sure. Are there electrolytes in scotch? Why not? Uh, there has to be. Of course there is. It's, it, you know, in some cultures, <clears throat> they actually refer to scotch mm-hmm. as uh, mother's nectar. I think I've heard this before. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when the Aztecs would blow their crazy death whistles, they yes. would actually then fill that whistle. Uh, a human shrunken head with monkey shoulder. And of course. Yeah, it was imported straight from Scotland. Yes. The Aztecs were big into import exports. Speaking of imports, I um, am very excited. I imported mm-hmm. a new wardrobe. I used Stitch Fix for the first time. And this, this smart ensemble is what I got from them so far. Uh, a little expensive. 
Oh, really? I've little, never looked into expensive. this. Yeah. Um, so explain. How does this work? So you, uh, they, they show you a bunch of pictures of clothes. Uh, nobody's wearing them. They're okay. Just, they're empty clothes. And just so people know, they are not a sponsor. So no, they are not. If I can find a way to shit on them, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, so they show you lots of images. I'll, I'll do it in real time with you. I'm sure I'm ready to. They call it shuffle your style. So they have different pre-made styles that you then go through and decide which kind of fits the way you want to look? Yes. So uh, this is loading up. These shorts. Is that your style? Fuck no. They're like... What is that? They're like blue... What is on it? Uh, they're coconuts with straws coming out of them. No. They're blue shorts with pictures of coconuts and straws. So that's a that's a no. Then we have Are those some, meggings? No, they're black jeans. Oh, I like okay. those. All right, I would wear those. I do not like those brown pants. Nope. Those look like Napoleon Dynamite's pants. Yeah, I think I had a pair of those in the 90s. What does that say? This looks it's like it's tea. supposed to be like an 80s t-shirt of a guy like snowboarding, and I like that. I like these jeans. So anyway. Now, do they tell you the brands? No. So like you, you selected those jeans. Now, are these name brands? Yes. Or, okay, so they are. Yeah. Um, now, do they tell you on their website what name brands yes, they use? It's a huge, huge list. So they have a pretty significant list of yeah. brands that they work with. Right. So you uh, you you pick your style, uh, and and you go through this as often as you want, mm-hmm. and they compile what you as a person like to wear. Uh, you give them your measurements if you have them, what size clothes you wear, and then they'll ask you like uh, jeans, uh, Old Navy. Do they fit as advertised? Or are they a little loose or a little tight? Uh, are they longer than they should be or shorter than they should be? So they kind of figure out like, uh, you know, old navy jeans don't fit me for shit, but American Eagle jeans do. Right. Old navy tops fit me all right, but American Eagle tops are tight. That that kind of shit. So now, based on that, once you narrow down the perfect jean selection, they will only send you jeans from American Eagle. No, what they're doing is building an algorithm of the clothes that fit you best, the clothes that you like. Mm. And they're they're compiling basically a, a a list of things you're most likely to enjoy, and then sell that information to the government, and then they use it against you. Right? <laughs> yes, they're going to have an army of clothes that I would like come after me. Once they know you're inseam, you're fucked. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, so you schedule uh, to have a a person put together some clothes for you, and they mail it out to you. Wait, so, hold it, on, I'm sorry. You schedule a person? Like, do you actually converse with this person? Uh, no. So no. there is no like online chatting or I phone call. I do. Or like that. So I'll get to that real quick uh, in a moment. But you schedule. They call it a fix. Get a fix of clothes. Oh. So you schedule a fix. You cost twenty dollars, unrefundable. Um, if you decide to keep clothes, they take that twenty dollars and apply it to what you get. Okay. Otherwise, you lose. You're asked out of that twenty dollars. That's like a convenience fee for not having to go to a store. But that's a one-time fee. Every time you have a delivery. Oh, every delivery. Yeah. And it doesn't carry over to the next one. No. So if, if you, you pay this $20, they're going to send you a box and it has X amount of articles of clothing. If you keep nothing... I'm out that $20. Forever. Yes. You can't carry that 20 to the next box that you Correct. Have. Okay. All right. So you're out the 20 Yep. But like you said, you apply it towards anything yep. that you want to keep. Got it. So they sent me um, three shirts and two pants. Now, was that what you had selected or they just dumped that in the box? That was based on what I've decided I like to wear. Okay. They guessed. And they sent it to me. Um, so I ended up keeping two shirts. Uh, so one of the shirts, just I didn't really like the color. I kept one pair of jeans and the other pair of pants. I liked them, but I didn't want to spend that much money. So I mm. sent it back. Now, do they tell you the overall value of the box <clears throat> before they send it to you? No. 
So you find out once you get it, it has like an yeah. invoice in it that says if you want to keep this, right. this yep. is what you're going to So pay. I think the total value that they sent me was like $290. Okay. Um, and then if you keep everything in the box, it's $20 off because of the $20 you paid to have them ship it to you. Right. And then you get a 25% discount if you keep everything, which after the money worked out, I should have just <laughs> kept everything because it would have been $10 more than what I paid. Get out of here. But uh, the jeans were $98. Uh, Two pairs. Marvy or Mavi or they're like diesel, I guess. Okay. Um, wow, look at you. Yeah. Uh, one shirt was 50 and one shirt was 20. Okay. This is the $20 I was about, shirt. If that was a $50 shirt, I'm yeah. going to fucking find out where Stitch Fix is and burn their <laughs> building down. <laughs> this was the $20 okay. shirt. Okay. Uh, but the $98 pants. They're very nice. They're, they're much nicer than the Walmart jeans I normally buy. They're soft. It's so weird. Well, at least you just buy jeans there, right? Like, who the right. fuck would stroll into Walmart and buy, like, a suit, you know? So after I kept everything and they received my payment, they asked me if I want to keep the stylist or try a new one. So I think there actually is a human being at some point, or that's just a lie to make them seem more uh, connected. Yeah. Because what if you said no? Like, does that person get fired if they get enough people that don't I, like I, them I, as So I answered, I'm open to anything. Because I am. If there's one thing I am, it's open to anything. Wow. Especially with a few drinks in you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is one thing I'm not open to. What, what is that? Oh, no. I need everyone to raise a glass. Oh, no. Today, I'd like to make a toast. Wherever you are, if you're performing heart surgery, if you're visiting your grandparents in hospice. <laughs> yes. If you're mowing your lawn, I want mm. you to stop. Today, yes, sir. I want everyone to raise a glass. I'd like to propose a toast to imitation crab. You mean like a uh, like a lobster in the water pretending to be a crab? No, um, that would be impersonating a crab. Oh, uh, imitation crab the the fake crab meat that you buy. Oh, imitation crab meat is. Uh, I'm sure you've, if not tasted it, seen it. Yeah, no, I've I've had it, I've okay. seen it, and I'm sure I've eaten it plenty of times without actually knowing that I was eating it. Oh, no, you know. You know. No. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't taste like crab. I want to start there. It does not taste like crab. It tastes like... You know, um, have you ever had a banana-flavored something? Yes. And it does not taste like bananas. It tastes like what bananas should taste like under the perfect circumstances. Mm. That's what imitation crab tastes like under the the pristine, perfectly cooked, perfectly um, prepared, unrealistic version of crab. And I dislike the fact that they all come in the same size, shape, little chunks, and they're all white with that one little pink flap mm-hmm. that's always flapping around um, to let you know this is this is crab, air quotes. Uh, I don't find any need for it. I don't appreciate uh, the people who use it in their cooking. Uh, and I don't appreciate the fact that I have to suffer through it. Uh, if I'm if I'm going out to eat at a restaurant, and the, the restaurants are the biggest offenders, uh, because if I'm going out to eat at a restaurant and you're serving crab, it, can we at least make it real crab? I shouldn't have to take a bite and be like, that's fake crab at a seafood restaurant. Well, now here's the thing. Yes. I've learned over the, the years in my life that when you go to a restaurant and you order crab off of the menu, mm-hmm. if it's on the menu spelled K-R-A-B, mm-hmm. 
it's to be implied that it's imitation crab meat. Sure. Uh, my problem is with the restaurants that don't do that. Well, then they're, they're just lying to you. They're fraudulent. Yes. Yeah. You know what they call imitation crab meat, right? Kings of the sea. <laughs> Close. It's the hot dog of the sea. The hot dog of the sea. Yes. Well, what's hot dog? Right? Oh, it's just no. fucking shit meat all Here kind we, of no, no. blended together. Well, that's that's basically what imitation crab meat is. You know, that imitation crab meat is actually made from fish. Nope, I thought it was engineered in a lab. Mm-mm. It's Pollock. It's Pollock. Pollock. So it is at least fish. But what I don't understand is if you're going through this entire fucking process to take the Pollock and do whatever you do to it, they mash it down into like a paste and they mix it with other shit and then they form it. Are you like fact checking me? No, I'm not fact checking you. I'm looking to see how it's made. Yeah, they, they, they take Pollock. They cook it. They put it. They like blend it down into a paste. I like, I just want to stop and just point out how offended you were at the idea that I might be fact checking you. Are you? I you picked up your phone when I started talking about Pollock. because you said they do whatever it is they do to it. They do something to a, a, 100%. it. A hundred percent. What I want to know is where. What do they fucking do to it to get the red on it to make it look like crab meat? And for all the work that you go through in sending scores of people out to catch the Pollock, bring it back to whatever plant you're processing this in. Take the Pollock. Clean the fish, right? You got to fillet it. You got to take the flesh off of the fish. Do whatever it is. Cook it. Prepare it. And then form it into wannabe crab meat. Dude, just fucking send your people out to catch crab. Why not have a crab form? So uh, it seems like it's made, uh, as you said, from Pollock. Um, I got that from fact-checking you. And uh, (laughs) it's flavored with starch, sugar, egg whites, and crab flavoring. So crab flavoring, like, do they buy that from the companies that actually make crab meat? Like, what the fuck is crab flavoring? So that's scientifically made. That's made by by scientists. I I think science. I think a scientist sits down and bites a crab and then takes a bunch of chemicals that nobody could pronounce and starts squeezing them out of tubes into a jar and then sips it. Nope. And starts fucking around until he sips it and says, that tastes... Kind of like that thing I just ate. Now let's pour it in with the Pollock. Yes. Crab meat. Imitation. Crab meat. Hot dogs of the sea. The hot dogs of the sea. That's so fucking gross. Nasty. That is so gross. By the way, when you come over tomorrow, that's all I'm having is uh, hot dogs and imitation crab meat. Uh, You know what? If I was at someone's house and they had a dish prepared and there was imitation crab meat on it. I'm not saying I don't like the taste of it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not get this messed up. My problem is that it exists. Your problem is that it exists. Yes. Uh, okay. For example. Yes, yes. I do not have a problem with public access television. There's nothing inherently offensive about it other than the fact that it exists. At, at least with the imi- look, I have an issue with you when you go to a restaurant and they serve you what you think is crab meat, but right. it's actually imitation crab meat. Yeah, I have a problem with that. That is similar to when you go and you order like fried calamari and it turns out to be pig asshole. I have a problem with that. I'm so- what? Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of in the same vein as as this. Look it up. Pig asshole. 
when they take it and cut it and cook it, it looks, resembles, and tastes very similar, if not almost identical to calamari. And when I say calamari, I mean like the ringed calamari. Yeah, calamari. Not the, yeah, calamari. Hey, ew. Not the, not the fucking legs, because you're not going to find... If you find pig-ass hole with legs, there's a lot more going on. That might be some sort of syphilis. That's why the koalas are dying. <laughs> yeah, did you find it? Put in calamari and pig-ass hole. Yeah, restaurants will use that. Calamari's most uh, modest cousin. <laughs> now, how is a fucking squid... Wait, what are you rolling for? I said most cousin, not modest. Oh, wow. What'd you get? Two. Calamar's modest cousin. Imitation calamar. Yes, yes. Though it has a shape and texture Mm -hmm. similar to the real thing, its component parts are decidedly different. While calamar comes from squid, the replica is made of hog rectum, otherwise known as... Big asshole. Bung. <laughs> they say that in the article, bung. Wow. Uh-oh. Calamari what? made from pig rectum? This American life rumor isn't true. But... And then it stops. And really? And what, what website is that on? I'm not going to tell you because you're going to yell at me. <laughs> No. What do you want? I don't even want to say it. Slate. Oh, come on. Fuck them. Rump faker. <laughs> uh, my friend had heard the story from radio producer. Blah, blah, blah. You should go. Uh... Calhoun learned uh, from a fan of his show who wrote in to say that she had heard it from a guy who worked in pork production. When Calhoun followed up, the farmer told him that he'd learned about faux mollusk from a guy he knows who managed a meat processing plant. That manager, for his part, told Calhoun that he was 95% sure that the claim was true, though he admitted he'd never seen the fakes himself. He only knew them uh, from the people he had worked for at the plant. There were no eyewitnesses at all. In fact, and all the other evidence was circumstantial. Uh, oh my God. How long do you think this article could possibly be? A thousand words. I mean, just... All that is on pig rectum. The whole... It, it's still going. Come on. Somebody did their, like, thesis on squid versus pig rectum. So some people, I guess, you know, they'll say that it's an urban legend, but I'm going with it's true because, dude, it, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fuckery when it comes to seafood. Look at sea bass. There's no fucking, sea bass isn't a thing. You get Chilean sea bass. Well, I shouldn't say sea bass isn't a thing, but Chilean sea bass. Dude, that's not what the fish is. It's not a Chilean sea bass. What, what is it? It's a Patagonian toothfish. It is. Look it up. And they're fucking nasty looking. So, there, so wait, 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 wait. I'm confused. There is Chilean sea bass, and then its popular fake counterpart is the sandworm tooth monster? Negative. No, the, the, false, the falsely advertised version of a Patagonian toothfish is Chilean sea bass. Chilean sea bass is not Chilean sea bass. So there is no real Chilean sea Correct. bass. Correct. It's Patagonian toothfish. 
There's a lot of fuckery in the seafood world. Why? Why is that? Mm. I don't know. Like, what I want to know is if I went, I, I guess they, they figure a lot of people would have a hard time going to a restaurant and ordering toothfish. But Chilean sea bass sounds fucking amazing. It and does. it's super expensive. It's like $25 a pound. Yeah. And you know what? I'll eat the shit out of it. It's fucking delicious. And if it's good enough for Gordon Ramsay to cook for uh, Tony Blair mm-hmm. and Vladimir Putin, yes. it's good enough for me to eat at $25 a pound. Um, why can't we just rename the fish? I don't think the fish is going to care. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think they, they named the fish because it was found in the Patagonian region and the fucking thing has teeth that like... That checks out. Yeah. So I get the name of the fish. But yeah, why not just rename it? We're just AKA it. You yeah. Know? Also we, known as... We rename streets. Yeah. Rename the fish. We, we still can't decide if Pluto is a planet. Yeah. We're just talking about a fish. Exactly. Very simple things. You know what? If there's one group that can expose and rip the lid off of the seafood fuckery business is yes. buy some pipes. We're going to do it. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Well, anyway. Yes. To uh, imitation crab, the hot dog of the sea. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Let's, uh, let's check in on Harrison. Let's see how his misadventures are going. Speaking of fuckery. With a guy who clearly has a mental disorder because he hears voices in his head. Whispers, 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 whispers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I just choked on my ASMR. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Going to the dinner? Yeah, we're going to go to the dinner. All right. Uh, so this steam carriage shows up and several Thunder Force uh, get out. They're not wearing armor. These guys are wearing something... Again, militaristic, similar to what you're wearing, but not exactly what you're wearing, uh, and very prestigious. Uh, everyone looks very, very important. Right. And they, they escort you to this carriage, and you are heading towards the center of the city. You are heading towards the Tempestus Calium, which is the center structure of the empire. And that's where the dinner is to take place? Yes. Uh, as you leave this district uh, and enter the imperial heartbeat, uh, it is very, um, again, militaristic. There are lots of imposing-looking statues. The the Thunder Force symbol is everywhere. I almost picture like... uh, like Nazi Germany with like the banners hanging everywhere. This is, you know, the the military heartbeat of the entire empire. Okay. And you find yourself uh at this large temple which is the the namesake of the Thunder Force, the Tempestus. It is a temple. And you are led inside and everything is very uh polished marble, polished steel. This temple is is not as militaristic as it is uh, luxurious looking. And there's a very long table. Dozens of chairs on each side of this table. And uh, you're shown to a seat and guests are filtering in. Some people are already seated. Uh, Just a bevy of people. You have no idea who any of these people are. Uh, Some of them look as out of place as you. 
Some of them look very comfortable. There's a couple who are already drunk, laughing with themselves. You're not sure who these people are, what role they play in the Empire, but you do get the feeling that everyone here is probably more important than you. You do feel very out of place. Okay. And eventually some trumpets start playing, and uh, this, this very nicely dressed man comes out and unrolls a scroll very obnoxiously and announces that High Commander Stefanos Petra is in attendance. And this older man wearing uh, surprisingly kind of a plain outfit. It's, uh, it's very bright red. And just out over his left breast is the symbol of the uh, Thunder V Sanctorum. Gray hair, slicked back, uh, very hawkish looking. Kind of frail, but still, like, the frailty is kind of hidden behind his intimidation. He looks very intimidating. And uh, he stands at the table, he gives a quick nod, and everyone sits down. And plates of food start arriving, kind of like a first course. Uh, And people just start making small talk. No real official declarations yet. Outside, it's me, my wife, my kids are here, or just me and my wife? Just you and your wife. Anybody else who I know? No. Okay. So Maximo's not here. No. Alexanderson's not here. No Albert or Whitmore or anything. Okay. As the dinner goes on, uh, this this commander uh, finally breaks his silence and thanks everyone for being here. And uh, he motions to his left and points to some guy uh, at the table. And he announces him and says uh, that he's being honored tonight uh, for some charity work that he did in the Western District. And he gives his name and some flair about who he is. So the guy stands up, does a quick little bow. There's a polite applause. Uh, He points to another couple people, uh, similar, more or less bullshit. Uh, We're here to honor this person and that person. And then he stops. Uh, He does a couple more people here or there, and dinner commences. Doesn't mention you. Doesn't introduce you. I would imagine the people next to you are making small talk. Uh, if people asked you what you did in general, oh, well, uh, so what do you do? Uh, what do you think your answer would be? Apparently I'm the keynote speaker. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so people next to me asked me what I did. Can I gauge their like level of importance by what they're wearing? Like, does it show their, like, rank insignia like you would no, see? It, like that's why I say it's kind of, like, militaristic because it doesn't have stuff like that. It's just a uh, picture like um, like an all-black ensemble with, like, silver piping along, like, the seam lines where okay. it looks like it could be militaristic, but you're also not familiar with the city. This might just be what, like, tuxedos look like. Okay. There definitely are military people at the table, and they stand out. They have lots of... Um, flare attached to their chest. Right. They do have ranking symbols, uh, even though you're not really quite sure what those are. And a lot of the people do have the symbol of the Thunder Force attached to them. But not somewhere. the people that are asking us. I would no. Okay. No. Um and I would say that you can also tell that they're just kind of being polite. Right. Okay. Well I'll be very vague and say, oh uh oh thank you. We're uh, actually uh survivors of the attacks at Northridge. Oh my goodness! Yes. What 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 happened? We we heard about that. Oh, there was an explosion. It was it was bad. It was very bad. How many people died? 
Oh, there were a few. You know, I, I, I know they don't like us talking about this, uh, but it sounds like this the similar attacks that happened in Fairpoint. When was that? I think that happened after, didn't it? Probably around the same time. Uh, honey, when, when did the attack on Fairpoint happen? Yeah, it was about a month and a half ago, probably around the same time. I'm not sure which one happened first. I know the most recent one, allegedly, was the one in uh, Tessona. Um, that one apparently just happened recently, and nobody's really talking about it. I haven't heard of that one. That's horrible. Did a lot of people die there, too? We don't know. I mean, you know how this place is. They don't... Well, I guess you don't know. Um, they're, they're very tight-lipped with information here. They. We're not even sure if these attacks are real, if they're rumors. Uh, you know how people are. They, they need something to talk about. No, but yeah, the, the, word, the words are that um, the attacks have kept happening all over the place. What brings you two here? Well, my husband uh, is the secretary for the sergeant-at-arms uh, in the barracks. And um, I don't know if you heard, uh, but a couple weeks ago, uh, he ended up getting very ill and he had a seizure. He was choking on his own tongue and my husband was there to kind of help him and, and, and saved him. So, uh, you know, they're doing this monthly honorary dinner, so that's why he's here. Oh, that's excellent. Now, I'll take my glass and kind of hey, right. cheers him. And then I will shift my weight and kind of move myself on my other hip and focus on my wife and start up a conversation. Like small talk? Yeah, yeah, okay. just to ignore those two. So, uh, dinner goes on, and we come to the main course. It's delicious food. Uh, it's roast boar. Mm. Um, you're not sure how they prepared it. You can definitely taste some mint, but uh, you've never really had food like this before. Um, not exactly hunter's food, you know? Right, right. Uh, very fancy, lots of demi-glazes and... Ooh. And sorbet reductions and all kinds of fancy shit that you have no idea about. I can get used to this. Uh, after dinner, while we're waiting for dessert to come out, the now is my wife sitting next to me, like critiquing the food that is not good enough since she's been here for like a month. <laughs> she's and a half. so bougie. Yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, nope. She is just. She is still just happy to be here. All right. Good. Uh, she has. You could tell that she, this smile on her face has not left. Okay. At some point, the the high commander stands and by name, uh, asks for his military personnel to join him. He apologizes for being so rude and to make business dealings, uh, but he's, he's sure that everyone understands. Uh, he leans over and whispers something to somebody, and this person comes around and whispers in your ear, uh, Mr. Bullet, the high commander's ready for you. Just me or me and my wife? Uh, just you. Oh, okay. And right. your wife was kind of like, Go. Yeah, I give her a, I give her a little little peck on the cheek, and then I, uh, I excuse myself from the table. Uh, and he, you know, he's holding his arm out, and he guides you way out. And now the people you were just making chit chat with, and like, oh, this is interesting, because all we have is gossip. Mm. Like these are rich elite people that right. all they have is the gossip. So, uh, you follow this. I would say probably like eight or nine military personnel. Um, out of the room and into a far less uh, fancy room. Uh, there's some maps hanging up. Um, it looks like a situation room kind of a thing. Right. And 
as soon as you enter the room, they close the doors. And the high commander kind of unbuttons his jacket and throws it on a chair. Like, oh, Jesus. You are Harrison Bullet. Uh, yes, high commander. And I, to whatever, you know, my knowledge, how I would greet a high commander. Uh, he reaches his hand out to shake oh, okay. his hand. I'll shake his hand. Uh, you see him kind of glance at your gloves, but he doesn't say anything. Okay. The Empire owes you a great debt. We have an offer for you. Feel free to deny it. The deal was title and estate. You have that. The Empire will see to it that you never have to work again. However, the Emperor feels that your work was so thorough in House Vogtrim that we want you investigating rumors of other attacks. We want to make you an Imperial Justicier. And we want you to travel with Thunder Force to these places where there's rumors of attacks and either confirm or deny them and help us hunt down the people responsible. We understand you're not a warrior, so there will be no combat involved. You're merely confirming or denying rumors. And I'm sure with dedicated service of this caliber to the Empire, you will be greatly rewarded. How can one deny such an honor from the Emperor? Very good. There is one thing that I would ask for in return. Okay. And you are correct. I was promised title and land, which title I could see that I've earned. It's It's been amazing. Everybody has been so pleasant to both myself, my wife, my family. Um, but if it is possible to maybe see fit that my family is moved from the apartment that they are living in, to maybe a home that we were, you know, accustomed to when we were uh, set up in Northridge. I appreciate nothing more than a man with simple tastes. A pleasant home for you and your family. Jackson, who put them in the apartment? And you see this man suddenly turn kind of white as a sheet. Uh, uh, I, I don't know, High Commander. We can, we can find out. And... You can see he's a little irritated. He's a man serves the empire, and he gets put in an apartment. What kind of message do you think that sends, Mister Bullet? We don't care, and we're not going to have that message. We're not going to suffer that insult. We'll we'll get on this right away. Um, we do have the matter of the Baroness from Hexley. She's been given a replacement and she's been relieved of her duties. Uh, There will not be a trial. There's no reason to waste everyone's time and embarrass the Empire. Uh, She's a family member of the Emperor, and he will not suffer embarrassment. All we need from you is a simple deposition. Uh, We'll give you a few days to settle in. I know that you've just been on a long journey. Uh, Tomorrow morning, we'll ask for your deposition of what happened in writing. Uh, Captain Alexanderson has already forwarded all the information to us. We just need it in your writing. Yes. And uh, we'll give you a couple weeks to settle in and uh, we'll send you on your way. Does all that sound fine? 
Absolutely. Okay. So here's what we know. Shortly before the attack in Northridge, there was use of magic in a town called Fairpoint. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's in House Starfall. It's on the north side of Debrin. It's it's almost exactly where Northridge is, just on the opposite side. This attack was not nearly as deadly, but the rumors that we got were that the animals, the livestock, all died at the same time. We tend to believe these claims because these uh, these reports came in prior to Northridge. Right. Uh, there's rumors of another attack uh, somewhere else in Starfall. Uh, we think that that's just rumor and innuendo uh, because it just happened. Northridge has been getting a lot of supplies, a lot of attention, so it's probably rumors. Uh, we will eventually send you there to figure that out, but we do believe that something actually did happen in uh, Fairpoint. Uh, so because there was no loss of human life, there's no rush to get you there. So we'll send you there in a couple weeks if that's fine with you. By the time you get back, we should have uh, better housing for you and your family. Okay. Was there any physical evidence left behind in Fairpoint? Just the dead animals um, and the town. Not that, not that we blame them, uh, but they, they burned all the animals for fear of witchcraft. Right. So there's really no physical evidence at all. It'll be more investigating and finding out if there was just some bizarre medical condition that afflicted the town or if there was witchcraft afoot. You will, as of this moment, have access to the Imperial Archives. It's in the basement of this facility. It gives you all of the known and unknown history uh, everything that we've collected, at least, of this, uh, of, of Debrin. And I would trust that I don't need to tell you that from this point on, everything that you do for the Empire is in strict confidence. Oh, that's, that's understood. Uh, I understand that the captain in Northridge gave you uh, writs of conscript to help you get whatever you need. Uh, those will no longer be necessary because you are officially a justicier of the Empire and we have uh, the uniform and paperwork to go along with that. Uh, that'll be ready for you at your apartment uh, tomorrow. We would ask that you, anytime you deal with Imperial business, such as tomorrow to give your deposition, you wear your uniform. Uh, it's just the way we operate. Okay. And waiting for me back in my apartment is my official, as an Imperial justicier, my garb yes as they would okay um so Harrison will thank the high commander and Harrison will ask him will you be present at the uh the deposition in the morning uh no our clerk will be there uh it's 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 not that it's, it's a very informal uh it's just getting something written down we just need somebody to witness it's you writing it right um so we can enter it into official testimony uh, but there's going to be no way to recant that. Understood. And how will the Baroness be disposed of? Is that something that I should oversee, or that's something that obviously will be left to the devices of the Emperor? It's probably too late for that question. Oh, disregard then. Too late for that question. Okay. Well, then I look forward to meeting with the clerk in the morning for my deposition. 
and thank you and again the Emperor for this new title and the accommodations that you provided to both myself and my family. Thank you. And uh, before we go, I, I just want to ask uh, Hexley, your friend Alford, he accompanied you on your mission. Yes, is he's he, a is man he the right true, man for the job? Uh, I, I don't believe that there is anybody else that I would task with running that city. He is a man of, of true integrity and honor. Uh, he is also a man who lost his wife in the attacks at Northridge. We so. uh, Is there anything that you think Alvord would need? Because we know that Hexley is in somewhat of a state of disrepair at the moment. Do you think there's anything that uh, would help him along? If it would be at all possible, maybe um, a few men sent his way to further explore the mine for two reasons. Number one, there was some information that we uncovered in regards to the attacks in Northridge. And number two, it is a mine, after all, that Hexley had used to thrive as a city. Maybe there are some veins maybe deeper into the mine that could again be used to make that city um, as prominent as it once was. Perhaps your friend Whitmore, he should, he's been in that mine. He probably would be the best man to lead that expedition. Uh, that, that would be fair. Another important cog in our mission uh, that uncovered what we've uncovered so far in regards to the uh, this plot and these attacks against Northridge and now maybe even Fairpoint. All right. We will have uh, Whitmore transfer down to Hexley to be with Alvord, and we will give them instructions to explore that mine and to safeguard it. Well, I appreciate your concern and your help in these matters. All right. Anything else? No, sir. All right. Uh, they see you out. He continues some kind of meeting with his uh, people in, in this chamber. Uh, people are finishing up dessert, so we can go back to the table uh, and finish dessert. We can maybe check out this library underneath the the uh, the temple here. We can go to we can do all kinds of things. We can kill Maximo. <laughs> 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 oh, I would love to. I get to pee. Let's go pee. Yes. Roll for urine. Okay. We rolled to pee. We succeeded. Thank God. That would have been a problem. <laughs> the that first successful roll of the day. <laughs> that would have been a big problem. All right. I got to switch to back. Go. So as you're uh, changing your tobacco out here, Oof. what's that? Uh... Dude, why the crazy name? Sutliff 515RC1. Oh. Like, just give it a fucking name. Smell. Oh, my God. Like, put your nose deep in that. It, like, fucking burns. Yeah. It almost smells like mustard. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, though. Um, Dude, very exciting. Very exciting. Okay. I thought, I don't know what I thought. I thought those people next to us, I, I didn't realize that they were like like socialites, you know? Mm, yeah. So, you know, just appeasing them with like a, like a vague answer worked, you know, as opposed to them maybe being part of like this Imperium Guard. Right. Where they would have fucking like delved a little deeper. But, I mean, I'm sure I'll be dealing with that in the morning. <laughs> I, however... Um, 
Well, you tell me. This this dinner is over. We're done. If you want it to be. Um. Well, I would think after uh, after talking with him, you know, I I come back from that room or wherever mm-hmm. we kind of uh, disappeared into. I'll sit down with my wife. We'll wrap up the dinner. Uh, just make small talk, and then um, after we leave, I'll fill my wife in as to what took place in that meeting. Okay. She's very excited. She's very proud. You know, she's like, oh, you you went from being a, some. Not that she really Look, feels this way. But don't downplay my portmaster <laughs> status. I mean, that, that was I was I ran a port. You did, but now you're you're an investigator for the Thunder Force. I mean, we're we're important people now. Is is that what you've always wanted to be important? It's kind of nice. It is nice. <laughs> like you're you're living in this life of luxury now, and hopefully we can parlay this. I've already um, brought up the idea that. Uh, title and land was not title and apartment so within the uh the coming weeks um our family should be moved to a uh a home with some with some land and hopefully uh disconnected from maximo say nothing of this to that rat fuck (laughs) because again he cannot be trusted so uh we're gonna bring the missus home yeah uh, so we'll go home so Harrison will reiterate to her, look, you know, again, there's something that I need to uh, take care of this evening. They've afforded me uh, the opportunity to access the archives. I'm just going to take some time and and maybe do that tonight prior to this uh, this deposition in the morning. I okay. just want to make sure that I have all my, my ducks in a row, as they say. All right. So, uh, you know, a little pleasantries. Um we head back to the Kaleam and we go into the archives. Well, or do no. you want to maybe hit some bars? No, 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 I'm not going to bars. Where in, in relation to the archives is the portal that I saw on the map of the cave? I, there's no way to tell. It just, there was an X in the center. Oh, so it wasn't where, specific within the confines no. of the city where this portal would be. No. Okay, then I'm definitely going to the archives. Okay. And while there, well, whatever. I'm g- so I enter the archives. If there's anybody that I need to uh, show any sort of like credentials or whatever to, obviously mm-hmm. I do that. I gain access into the archives. And I think Harrison is going to spend some time. He'll do some research. He'll just want to read real quick on any information in regards to like Fairpoint or maybe even like Northridge. Like I'm not, he obviously wouldn't be entirely sure as to what information they store in the archives so he'll look and see if there's anything leading up to the attacks on Northridge but more importantly I think he's going to want to look and see if there's anything that he can uncover in regards to this portal and the old gods and all that good stuff okay um so in in specifics what's the first thing we're going to how, how much time are we going to spend roughly all right, well, let's kind of work backwards. The The deposition, if we had to put a time on it, would be what? Around when like, you show up. Oh, so they'll do that at yeah. any time during the day the next yep. day. Okay. So, and if... Within reason. In the morning sometime. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. So, I would think... I would think dinner ended, what, around like nine? Yeah, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Okay. So, maybe till like one, two in the morning. Okay. Uh, I'm going to spend a few hours here. So we're looking three, four hours. Yes. Okay. Uh, 
what's the first thing you want to look up? Is there anybody down here with me? No. Like, is it in, like, the basement? I picture yeah. it, like, in the basement. It's just a bunch of dirty books. Yeah. They haven't been particularly taken care of. Um, I will not to go too crazy, but, like, is it, like, real dusty down here? Like, if I pull a book, is it obvious what book I've been looking at? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I take a book off of a shelf, like, you go to a library, you see the books on, like, these different shelves and stuff like that. If I pull right. an old book, is somebody going to be able to tell, look, this guy was looking at this exact book? Maybe. Um, okay. It's it's kept up, but I'll, I'll put it this way. You can tell which books are frequently pulled and which ones are not. Okay. That's a good point. So I'm going to quickly go. How big is this, by the way? It's fairly large. This like a like a like a middle school library. So it is. It's yeah, it's fairly big. big. So I'll just do a quick kind of once over just to acclimate myself with this library. Um, anything in particular that that might stand out at me when I take a look and see like what may have been pulled recently, based on like dust and, and shit like that, or nothing kind of jumps out at me. It's kind of yeah okay. Um, a lot of these books don't have titles on them. They're just bound books. Um, some of them are handwritten journals. Some right. of them are. It's just, basically it's just a collection of all the texts that the emperor seized and just put into one location that's only available to certain people in the empire. Right. Which goes back to why everyone on Debrin believes that Debrin is the only continent on the planet. Why nobody knew that Debrin used to be a solid uh, continent without this donut-shaped lake in the center. Nobody knows about that. Right. You're the only one, and Alvord and Whitmore now, are the only ones who know that this used to be a solid landmass. Okay. Well, in the archives. And he sounds big. He sounds like a fat fly. He's the librarian. <laughs> where is that motherfucker? He stopped. He knows we're talking about. Oh, I see him. He's behind the Deadpool poster. Nope. See him? It's not a fly. It's a bee. He's on the light. He's at the top of the poster. Fucking yeah. bee. He's watching you. I've killed one of his family. I'll kill another <laughs> one. <laughs> well, maybe that's why they send him to avenge his brother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we want to know about. Are, are we looking for old gods type stuff? Um. Yeah, I'm going to start there. Uh, so basically, I'm going to pull any book that has anything to do with the old gods and Fairpoint. I say old gods. Old, oh. The old gods. Oh, the old gods. Morty. We got to find <laughs> the old gods. Get me the book on the old gods. Oh, right. you can get him. He's right there on the window. Oh, you son of a bitch, you're going to die. Oh, just don't go through the window. You don't want to hit him with the Woodford bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you missed him. Oh, get him with the Woodford bottle. Get him. He's going to die with his brother. <laughs> no, you're missing it. There. Nice. It's hard to do that without breaking the glass. How fucking crazy. They both died in the same spot. I'm the Woodford killer. <laughs> oh, my God. Well played. Son of a bitch. Interrupt our fucking gaming session. All right, the Woodford Killer strikes again. <laughs> that was good. You're a fucking serial killer now amongst bees. I think I need three. Is that the number? 
three makes a serial killer? I guess. Uh, okay. Is there a number? No, I would think more than one. Hmm. Right, because one, you're a killer. Two, if it's under the same MO, now you're a serial killer. Right, right, right. Okay. You're a fucking serial killer. You kill bees with Woodford bottles. I'm like the DC sniper <laughs> with Woodford. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I'm going to, you know, I grab a couple of books. I'm going to sit down at a table and uh, just start reading through. Again, I'm only going to spend a few hours. But what I'm going to do is if there's nobody around, like if, if I can obviously, if I know 100% that there's nobody around, I'm going to practice my mage hand. I'm going to pull some books off of the okay off of the shelves all right just the mage hands we're gonna practice with everything no i don't want to i don't think i need daggers in here so i'm gonna hold off on the daggers my interest in the archives right now is to uncover my goal being in the capital city is to find out yeah all this other shit is is fine to me it's like window dressing my goal here right now is to find out where this fucking portal is okay uh, so that's that's really what we're investigating is the portal. Correct. Okay. But I want to give the impression in the event somebody is able to determine what books I've been pulling. I want to give the impression I'm trying in the totality of circumstances surrounding the attacks on Northridge and our journey down to the swamp. I want to give like a uh, Harrison is a paranoid motherfucker. He really is. <laughs> you got to be right. You know, there's a lot of shit he's got to keep on uh, wraps. That smells delicious, by the way. This is good. It's like very it's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you. All right. So here's what I want to do first. Uh, so you said you were practicing with the mage hands. Give me a flat 20 with advantage. Ooh, advantage. Two shitty dice. Oh. And one of them was a 12. <laughs> one of them was a fucking 12. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. God for advantage. A 15 and a 1. Oof. All right. So we're getting we're getting good with these gloves. We're spending a lot of time with them. Give me a perception test. Uh, check. Ooh. With advantage. Oh, no. Come on, voices. <laughs> a 20. No shit. And a 4. Well, well, well. All right. Shit's about to get wrecked. Uh, as you're practicing with your mage hands, and I, I imagine that you're... What, what are we looking for? What oh, happened? my phone! There we go. I would imagine that you're using the mage hands to retrieve your books for you. <laughs> Instagramming this? Yeah. First 20... In, this can't be the first. No, we've crit in combat before. I'm convinced now what we should start doing is putting my horrible roles on Instagram. Okay. So, uh, I would imagine that while you are practicing your mage hands, I'm imagining that you're having your mage hands go out and procure the book. Right, right. And bring the book back to you. Maybe even get as far as to just sit there with your arms crossed and have the mage hands exactly. turn, turn the pages. pages. Right. Yeah. As you're doing this, it almost feels like a lightning bolt hits you in the head, <sighs> like a migraine. And this tinnitus, this ringing in your ears is almost deafening. And you just start hearing a lot of... ASMR whispers. Through the whispers, you hear stack fall mines, and they're just repeating over and over again. Stack fall mines. You start getting kind of dizzy, almost like you're going to pass out, and you get a 
flashing image of this real dirty mine. You get this image flashing in front of your face of a very tall clock tower. And then you see an old piece of paper rolled up with a rope tied around, like a string tied around it. And these images, almost like on a, like on a strobe light machine, just flickering in and out of your mind. And then, after a moment, the whispers and everything subside. And what I need you to do now is give me a D100. Don't even say roll damage. Forty. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yep. I have to write this. No, down. come on. What are you writing? And you're writing it in pencil, which means you could change it later. <laughs> <laughs> so the whispers are constantly repeating. Stack full minds. Do I know anything? Luckily, as as like, luckily, you're in an archive, so we can no, look that up. And I get that, but like, as far as Harrison goes, like geographically speaking, does he? Has he ever heard of or know where Stackfall Mines are? You have not heard of it. Okay. All right. All right, good. Now, over the course of the next three, four hours, as I'm flipping pages with the mage hands or retrieving books with the mage hands. Are you still using the mage hands? Yeah, I'm going to use it the entire time. Okay, give me a constitution save. Oh, no. So unless I know that somebody is present... You yeah, know, no, I, nobody's here. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but if I get the feeling like somebody's here or I'm being watched or something, then obviously I stop. Okay. And I fail. All, All right, right. So hold on, bear with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got a nine. Okay. After using your mage hands, after coming to from these whispers, uh, oh, you, coming to like I passed out. Well, like after it subsides. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, you suddenly become revulsed by the use of your gloves. Oh. Uh, to the point that you actually start dry heaving. And the sounds of you dry heaving draws the attention of the library master who's in a different room, uh, who is probably sleeping at this point in the evening, wakes up and comes out to check on you. Uh, just, you know, hey, you okay? <laughs> can, I, can I get some water? Yeah, hold on. Uh... So after uh, a couple of moments, uh, this dwarf comes back and uh, hands you a, a pitcher with uh, a glass and some water. And uh, <clears throat> he introduces himself. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know anyone was down here. I'm uh, I'm Lorsome. Lorsome Longjaw. I'm the head librarian. Uh, anything I can help you find while you're down here, fella? No, I've been taking it upon myself to... Do I have to show him anything, you think? Like, did I like, getting in here is him? hard enough? Okay, so yeah. obviously anything, any credentials that I needed. Right. So this guy would just assume that yeah. I would, I would be okay being down here. Um, no, I'm fine. I've been showing myself around. I just been a little sick from my travels. Oh, yeah. Sorry, people don't usually come down here this late. I was sleeping. Uh, if you don't need anything, you know, I, I can stick around. I can help you find stuff. And if not, I can. Uh, I'll just head back to my room. No, you can. Go back to sleep if that's what you were doing. All right, fella. Good luck. Uh, You need any more water? No, it should be fine. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, Mr. Longjaw goes back to uh, his his chambers and closes the door. You can hear a lock. And after a moment or so, it goes back to being silent. Okay, I 
I'll take a break from the mage hands. I'll continue doing whatever research I need to do. And then, again, if we're going based on time, if I know that I'm going to get there around like 11, right, for the deposition, I'll probably leave here by like 4. So whatever I can uncover up till like about 4 a.m. Okay. And then I'll start meandering home. So what, are we still looking up everything? Uh, I'm looking at, at books that have anything to do with the old gods. Okay. Give, um, me, a, give me a flat 20 for the old gods. A three. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. And then, you know, I'm taking a look at anything that has to do with uh, Fairpoint. Uh, give me a flat 20. Um, an 18. All right. So Fairpoint uh, is what you probably sub- suspected it to be, being on Lake Debrin. It's a trading hub for most of the goods uh, from House Starfall. House Starfall is the... Main producer of a lot of the bougie stuff in the Empire. Uh, they're typically a little wealthier. So it, it appears that Fairpoint is also, while Northridge was like the lumber mill, excuse me, the lumber mill on the lake, uh, Fairpoint is like the restaurants on the lake kind of a thing. They do have an import and export business, uh, but it's it's a lot more for entertainment purposes. Okay. So that's like where the, like if people are going to go someplace for like vacation, so to speak, for like nightlife, that's where they would go. They would go to Fairpoint. Yep. And I will assume that we're going to look into this, uh, what these whispers were telling you, the Stackfall Mines. Correct. But right. I would also, even before I did that, I would just look at like like old history of uh, like the Imperial City. All right, so we'll do two separate things. Give me a flat 20 for the history of this city. 12. Okay, so you know that the city, based on the research you've done so far, uh, you've learned that the city was destroyed uh, and rebuilt. Uh, You've learned that when the Thunder V Sanctorum did not exist prior to the rebuilding. Uh, and you also have learned that the temple that you're that this library is in the basement of was once called the Silver Triumph, and was since changed to the Tempestus Calum. Uh, also, in your so far in your research, you found nothing about any kind of portal or any kind of temple or anything or anything about old gods. Nothing like that. Okay. Uh, as far as the Stackfall Mines. It's actually in the city. That's in the city? Yep. It's in the Thunderfield District. It's a commercial district built a la- around a large clock tower. So a lot of the architecture, uh, it's a lot of iron, stone, wood. It's a more rustic area of the city. And in there is the Thunderfield District, which is like a shopping district, basically, built around this large clock tower. Okay. Should never rolled that. I burned a 20. You just rolled a 20 now? Yep. For what? For nothing. Oh, okay. Because I figured I was going to have to roll for the uh, the mines. So I was like, oh, let me just roll anyway. Not ah, 20. Yep. Good. Good job. And you say you don't get good rolls. Yeah, only when they don't count. <laughs> That's awesome. 
All right, so I think uh, I've done enough research. I'm going to go home. Okay. Are and, we- I, and I have full access to this place, so I can come back at any point if I if need be, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen uh, Ghostbusters? Of course. Okay. The original. Yes, yes. Slimer. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lewis, how every time somebody enters the hallway, he opens the door. Hey, guys, you know, what, what's going on? I'm having a party. That's Maximo. Every time he hears you walking down the hallway, he's going to pop the door open. What is this guy, like, sit in a chair by the door? Possibly. You Who never knows? Know. Who knows? But uh, he hears you in your hallway. He hears, like, uh, the jingling of your keys. And uh, he pops the, pops the door open. Hey, Harrison, what's going on? Uh, you want a drink before bed? You want a nightcap? No, I've got things to do in the morning. Okay. Well, you know. Oh, thank you, though. I'll, uh, You're a I'll true just, friend. I'll just be here. Oh, oh okay. Good, good, good. And good. Uh, just like Lewis from Ghostbusters, he turns to go get into his apartment, and he accidentally locked himself out. You can hear him <laughs> frustratingly twisting the door handle in vain as you close your door. Oh, good. Good night. Good night. <laughs> and shut and lock the door behind me. Um. All right, so I go into my apartment. My wife's sleeping. Yeah, everybody's sleeping. All right, so I'm going to... I go to sleep. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to head to the deposition in the morning? Yeah, when I wake up, I get ready, and um, I wear the uh, my new outfit that was provided to me. First, I'll try it on. I'll make sure it fits. And then, yeah, yep. yeah I'll wear that, and I head down to uh, the deposition. Okay. Uh, so the deposition is going to be the clerk, uh, and uh, basically a sheet of paper with a quill, uh, and you just write down... What happened? Okay. Give me a flat 20 to see how well... Can I you use the, the one that I just... <laughs> no. uh, to see how well you recall what you told Alex Anderson and uh, apply it to <laughs> this Come page. On, All right, 17. Okay. Yeah, I I would think, aside from minute details that nobody else really cares about or would notice, uh, the the major beats are there. Okay. All right, good. Oof, thank God. Dude, I was ready for a one. I was ready for, like, yeah, (laughs) I was thinking more like a three. You know, something just terrible. It it sucks because I wasn't going to ask you to roll for that, but how am I not going to do that? No, you have to. And I was like, oh, if you blow this, I have no (laughs) idea what I'm going to (laughs) do. She would have gone south very quickly. Uh, all, right, good. all right, so your deposition is done. And I feel comfortable leaving. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have to kill the clerk. No. No. no good. I mean, you can. No, no. There's no need. Just that everything was, was right. stellar. Um, yeah. I thought we left Bannon in the 41st millennium. <laughs> no, no I'm, not, I'm not trying to play this guy like Bannon. Um, okay, good. So that, that's resolved. So to my knowledge, the Baroness is dead. The, dep- the deposition. The what? Fuck me. We are going to carry that over into the role-playing session. Right? Yeah, you made me do it last time. Fuck, yes, I did. I did. Shh. Ten or higher, and you're saved. I can't even get my head there. <laughs> <laughs> I am not saved. The nine, of course. Oof, but of course. I'm not proficient in this. I can't add modifiers. Oh, funny you bring that up. Are we going to uh, practice with our gloves at all? Uh, we will. I would think... Well, now that the deposition is over, I have to figure out where where I'm going. Hold on, I gotta pour myself a drink, and then um, I'm going to have to something about that sound. Ooh, what are you drinking? 
fireball. Nice. Oh, the the fireball followed or following that yeah. is very tasty. Oh, really? Oh shit! I wish I should have known. I would have not poured myself this glass. Uh, Centauri whiskey. Good shit. Toki. 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 Panic. I should probably start eating before I come here because I realize, like, after every glass, I don't have to go right now, but I could already tell soon it's coming. I don't have to use the bathroom again. I had a bagel for breakfast. I haven't had a bagel in... Really? Yeah. How'd you make it? I got it from the deli. Oh, you went to the deli and got it. What? Jiffy? No, no, no. Uh, Larry's Deli. Oh, you went down into town. Son of a bitch. I should do that. I can find a good spot near me. There's a couple of places. All right. Um, So what are we doing? What's the plan? We didn't find the portal last night. No, but I think there's something to investigate in regards to these uh, voices that I'm hearing. But I think Harrison Harrison is going to think, look, before he goes into the mine, he probably he's going to do like another little practice session. Every day, I would imagine this guy, obviously, since he has these new gauntlets that he's going to practice. He wants to refine his skills. Okay. So after the deposition, I guess he'll go home. He'll change. And he'll hide again in the bathroom. Okay. And work on uh, work on his on his new gauntlets. Okay. Uh, what are we going to work on? We're going to work on the the daggers again. We'll go in the same order. We'll do the daggers and then the uh, the crossbows and then again we'll also work on. We're going to do all three today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me a flat twenty for the die. Uh, the the daggers. Fucking two. Why not? Not only do you not catch them this time, you cut yourself. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Sons of bitches. Uh, give me a flat 20 for the crossbows. A two again. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Did you roll the, a different dice no, by no, accident? No. It was the same die. I almost feel like it was down there and I just went like this. Which I know for a fact I rolled it. So And a 20 with the uh, mage hands with advantage. Oh, with advantage. A 13. Okay. And now give me a constitution saving throw. We're looking to beat a 12. Nope, failed. Oh, man, you start retching again. I just start screaming out, water! <laughs> to my wife as she finds me, like, head in a hole in the, yeah. in the ground. Because I would imagine we don't have toilets. Right. Medieval times. Yeah. Uh, you are yakking away. Yeah. And uh, your wife and uh, your oldest uh, child comes in w- with the water. Like, oh, my God, what's happening? I don't feel well. Uh the look or the feeling that you get when you look at your gauntlets almost triggers you to throw up again you start dry heaving looking at your gauntlets uh, in time it passes you have some water you rehydrate and you start feeling better again okay I'm gonna take towels and wrap them over my hands <laughs> man Harrison's having a hard time with these gloves just a hard it's a time. learning process Day, you know this is it's necessary. Things don't come easy. No. Nothing worth doing is easy. It, there you go. I like that. It's a proverb, right? I think so. Yeah, I read that in a fortune cookie. Yes. I got a fortune cookie once that said you are pretty. Stop it. <laughs> That's it. That's all it said. You are pretty. You are pretty. For second fortune, go to secondfortunes.com. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is paper. Ah. Oh, good. Yes. Good. <laughs> Stating the obvious. Okay. So we get our practice done, not getting any better with these knives. No. Harrison at this point is now starting to become very discouraged. He's disconnected from his friends. Obviously, he's with his family, but he's disconnected with his uh, 
you know, the guys that he was on this adventure with, and he's still trying to make sense of these three witches and Citadel, and now he's throwing up in his bathroom. He's just a fucking mess. <laughs> Very strange. Are, yeah. He's having a hard go. Welcome back to Dyson Pipes. I just saw a Patagonian toothfish, and I'm very scared. You wouldn't want to make out with that fish. No, it's a nasty, it's a nasty motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have dental plans in the ocean. I don't think so. Guy should really get some fucking his teeth whooped at. Yeah, filthy fucker. Anyway, uh, so you go to dinner. Go to a big dinner party, and uh, you are given uh, the rank of justicier. Very exciting. Um, a rank that I created. I'm not sure where it fits in the hierarchy of uh, the Thunder Force, but it's pretty important, but yes. not super important. Right, right, right. You're above these people, uh, whoever these people might be in any given encounter. We'll work <laughs> on that as we go, I guess. But... um. You use your your first official business is to get out of your apartment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and and not so much get out of the apartment. I think is to uh, get away from my neighbor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the first big revelation that we deal with is that um, you don't have to worry about a trial. Not happy with the Baroness. Or am I happy? It seemed like in my mind, like a lot of like like plotting was going on. I uh, behind the screen. I made the decision to just remove her from the story altogether because it seemed like you were getting so overwhelmed with the Baroness uh, when I had no plan. Like, had we played the trial out, I might have made you roll a couple things and then she would have been found guilty. Right. And I could see that that concept of dealing with her was like spiraling out of control for you. Uh, I was fixated on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had to find out a way to go back and eliminate her. Right. You know? Uh, And I decided that while that would have been fun to do, uh, was ultimately unnecessary because it wasn't going to go anywhere anyway. Right. Um, And it seemed like every time we were playing, it went back to, I got to figure out how to deal with this Baroness. I got to figure out how to deal with this Baroness. Um, And maybe I should have let you do it. uh, But for some reason, I was like... I think we're getting too wrapped up mm. on the Baroness, so she's dead. <laughs> I wrote her off the show. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. And I think, I, I, I think it's good because it almost affords Harrison the opportunity to understand like the uh, like the politics that right. exist. You know, like here you are. Not only is she the Baroness of this city, but she is also a direct relative to the Emperor. Yeah, and there was without trial her execution based on information that was passed along to the emperor. Yes. You know, so. Uh, you know, and, and we could have expounded on that and gone for sessions of dealing with her assassination. Um, but And we haven't gotten into it yet. Uh, we've recorded it already, but we haven't gotten there yet. There is no lack of things to do in this city. Um, no, definitely not. I've given you almost a month. Uh, for those of you keeping track, I haven't really been keeping track of days. Uh, because I have a, a hard date in line where we're going to revisit uh, leaving the Imperial City and going to the greater continent. Um, so for right now, the dates aren't really that important. I want to give uh, Chris as a player enough time to really just kind of fuck around in this city and have a good time. A little bit of urban adventure. 
uh, and I think it's fun to explore because if, if we look at kind of like the timeline, right, the way that things have, have kind of gone along, we started in Northridge, we spent a little bit of time there, and then we went to Hexley, we spent a little bit of time there, and then there was like this very quick push to make it to the southern end of the continent. Yeah. So I think it, not that we didn't spend enough like exploring, but I think this is fun especially in like a city environment, to kind of go around and, and, and see what the city has to offer and, you know, what we can accomplish there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we started the campaign under a time limit. Mm. Not a time limit, but a time constraint. Right. Uh, so I want, before we go back to a time constraint scenario, if we go back to one, I want to just kind of loosey-goosey a little bit. Uh, the other big thing that happens is we make sure that Whitmore ends up going with Alvord into Hexley. Um, so now you have basically the the leadership of Hexley under your thumb and the Thunder Force effectively under your thumb. Mm. Uh, and we haven't really explored that yet. Right. Um, Which time will tell how that gets played out. And and part of me... Part of me is, is excited about that, but then the other part is like, oh, would it actually have been better if Whitmore stayed in Northridge? Because then I could have had eyes in both of uh, both of these locations. But we'll see how the relationship, if it does in fact develop, we'll see how the, the relationship develops with this uh, little apprentice that I have now running the, uh, running the port, and if he uh, becomes as astute as Harrison was in peddling information and wares. You know, and we'll see if we can eventually turn him into a uh, neat little ally. See how it goes. Good. Um, anything else that you wanted to touch on with the? Uh... Is the Baron is really dead? No, I'm kidding. I mean, plot twist. You never know. You never know. Maybe it was a lie. Yeah. Because they're extracting her, and they're going to have some sort of like secret trial, almost like the FISA courts. You know? Oh man, it's too deep. I'm not smart enough to figure all that shit it's out. It's bad. You can you can always rely on my ignorance <laughs> <laughs> to make sure it's a pretty much a straight line. <laughs> um, let's see. So we uh we fuck around with the gloves some more. Oh, what? You get a little tummy, get a little issue. tummy ache, a little tummy issues. Some fucking Dunkin' Donut sandwiches. Um, it's the food in the city. It could be. I don't know if I can look this up. I want to give a little Easter egg out there to people who are listening to kind of Ooh. smarten them up to what's happening in this campaign. Uh, I might do it on Instagram. I can't. I can't figure that out right now. Um. So we go into the archives. We do a little research. Yes. Um. I guess tonight is the night you're going to spend finding the portal in a city the size of like New York State. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll find it. Mega City One. Yeah, all in one day. He's got this. He's very astute. He can figure it out. Yeah, if yeah, anyone yeah. can, and especially with the way that I roll, like this guy is gonna fucking knock it out of the park. I I don't know what it is about the rolls. It's not the dice because we have done every combination, every mm -hmm. menagerie of dice. You just. On D and D, you just roll like dog shit, and it's funny because I roll exceptionally well. Um, yeah, and on Warhammer, I roll like dog shit. And and you know it's funny, and I'm actually going to uh, I'm going to give credit to Game Science. They claim that these are the truest, the truest dice as far as rolls go. Um, like they're not weighted. The way that they're made is the probability of you rolling is one out of twenty. That that's just the way that it is. So 
I can honestly say that I have not rolled one number consistently. I've been all over the map. It's just for some odd reason with both of these dice, I've been rolling consistently low, but it's not like I'm rolling threes all the time. Right. Um, I forget the name of that podcast that's out there, uh, but they have the two crew because they constantly roll fucking twos. So they, they came up with it. It's funny. It's cute. I yeah. like it. It's called the two crew. Um, no, I'm all over the map. All over the map, but for some reason I cannot break 10 unless it goes in Glenn's mouth, which I guess uh, we kind of have a turn of fortunes. Yeah, yeah, we decide that, because uh, uh, this is a, back to our, I think, first episode. For those who are unaware, uh, when we record D&D content, I have this little red dragon I got from, oh, from that Loot Crate. Is, that's not a good sign. Uh, it's a little red dragon statue, uh, rubber. Uh, I think you can paint it if you want to, but whatever. It's a red dragon sitting on all fours uh, with its head down, and there's a little gap in between his f- cute little front paws and his head. And it fits a black uh, D20. And uh, on an episode, it may even be um, one of our lost episodes, I'm not sure, but we named him, and we named him Glenn because I think we were drinking Glenn Levitt at the time. Uh, and consistently, if like it's a do-or-die situation uh, against me, me against you, I will use the Glenn dice uh, to get as high a roll as possible. Yes. Uh, usually if I have to roll to drink uh, and then, like I'm getting pretty fucked up, like one more might put me over the edge, <laughs> I'll break out Glenn uh, to roll those dice. So, shitty rolls, good adventure so far, dead Baroness. Yes. Shift the focus. Got to figure out how to get Citadel. Well, I'm going to find this portal, I'm sure, next episode. Uh, 20 more minutes. Any moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 more minutes just flipping through a couple if of If you guys are binge listening, the next time you listen, we're, yeah. we're there. We're in. Nailed we're in. it. It almost reminds me, well, you, you're, you don't watch Game of Thrones, right? No. No. Uh, if, for those of you out there who watch Game of Thrones, like now, after really kind of understanding like the uh, this archive, I almost view it, uh, I correlate it to almost like the Citadel when when Tarly goes there and he starts like thumbing through all these books. Like It's just this fucking expansive library. Of books, and of course, I think I'm going to find it in a day. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Uh, well, to uh, to Jimmy Inks. His reviews are spot on as of right now, even though they're copy and paste. Just saying. To uh, Stitch Fix. Twenty percent off if you keep everything. Do you think they purposely put something in there to 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 thwart you? From keeping everything so you don't get the 20%? We're going to have to explore this. That's like some deep psychology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Two imitation crab. Always do your research. Oh. To the Patagonian toothfish. Delicious. Gordon Ramsay. If it's good enough for Gordon, fuck. Let me roll before we get the fuck out of here. 13. Oh, yes. I'm drinking anyway on the cheers. Two dice. And pipes. <laughs>